beautiful beings. Welcome to the Stefan Ellie podcast. This is me, Stefan Ellie, reporting live from planet Earth. Right now I am uh, in Akureyri, in the north of Iceland. That's the town I was born in and where I grew up and where I've spent most of my life. I just came back here about, what, three, four weeks ago or something, right before Christmas. And yeah, it's a new year. Welcome to 2022. Isn't it always wild when the number shifts? You can't really believe that it's already 2022. But here we are, here and now. And so welcome to this new year. I'm quite certain that this year will bring a lot of light and joy, creativity and new opportunity into all of our lives. And yeah, I want to dedicate this podcast to looking back on the year of 2021 and sharing with you some of the things that I went through uh, in that year, some of the lessons I learned, give you some perspective and some reflections from me on what that year really offered and what it can teach us. And me personally, just everything, so yeah, some of the wild things that I went through that year. It was quite the journey, quite the ride. Uh, but I want to begin by just taking the time to send some love and appreciation out to all of you guys. I know that not all of us uh, have it have an easy time uh, around Christmas and around New Year's and. I, I know there can be a lot of changes and a lot of shifts in your lives. So I just want to let you know that you're supported on the path. You're seen. You're loved. You're divinely guided in each and every moment. And if there's ever anything that you're going through or any difficulties or challenges you're facing or even just uh, some questions that you're having... You know, you can always reach out to me. My Instagram DM inbox is always open. You can shoot me a message there or an email or uh, uh, hit me up wherever you can find me online. So just know that that's always a possibility. And I'm out here sending, sending you guys support in whichever way I can. And that's what I'm trying to do with these podcasts and with the music and with the uh, everything that I share, all of my offerings, is just to allow reflection and try to share my perspectives in hopes that they can assist you on the path and hopefully lead you towards a life of greater freedom and joy. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I'm always so deeply grateful for you taking the time to Put your awareness into listening to me speak, listening to what I have to share, my thoughts and perspectives. I'm very deeply grateful for that. And the same goes for all of you listening to the music or simply following along on the social platforms or subscribing to the email list or all of those beautiful things. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. And without further ado, I'm going to get into... Looking back on 2021, 
what a wild ride. <laughs> we thought 2020 was a wild one, but at least for me, 2022 really stepped it up to the next level. So I think I'll just try to go in a bit of a chronological order, at least as a reference to work through this podcast and see where that will take us. <laughs> so looking back, as I'm thinking to the start of the year, I was here in Iceland, actually. And I spent the first three months of this year in Iceland. Uh, so January, February and March, I was here. And at that time, I was actually get feeling a deep calling to get out of this country and get on with some adventuring and exploring of the world. I wanted to get into something new where I could meet new people, learn new things, uh, see new places and have some new experiences. And even though I, I deeply love Iceland, uh, at that point in time, I was starting to become a little bit fed up with being here. And to rewind a little bit, my original plan had actually been to leave the country uh, during fall of 2020. Uh, I was actually considering going to India or something uh, along those lines. But due to the pandemic and everything surrounding COVID, I'd just been uh, delaying it and really made to believe that it was impossible to really travel at that time. So I was just delaying it and staying in Iceland, but starting to build uh, a little bit of a frustration and some resentment within me just due to the fact that I felt like I was being chained to Iceland and not being able to travel. But as I started looking more and more into it, I started to notice that there were loads of people, loads of people actually traveling all over the world and seemed to be just living in these paradises in Costa Rica or in Mexico and all over the world. And I was wondering, how did these people make it over there? <laughs> and how, why is it that it looks like they're just living their best lives when I'm here stuck in COVID? And so I started, yeah, looking more and more into it. And uh, as I did that, I began to see that it was a possibility for me to just get moving. And so originally, I think it was uh, around the beginning of March or the end of February, I actually went ahead and booked a flight to Costa Rica. And yeah, I booked a flight on the 1st of April and got super excited. I was so stoked that I was finally making it out. I'd been watching these videos with my friends on a TV screen of like Costa Rican beaches and all this sort of stuff just to get in, into the vibe a little bit of being somewhere tropical and somewhere a little bit warmer and, and yeah, more adventurous uh, than Iceland, at least during those times. And so, yeah, I booked that flight, but then due to COVID and everything, you know, it got canceled and different things came up with me. I wouldn't have even been able to make it because I would have had to transit through the States and they weren't allowing Europeans in and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I got a little bit down there for a moment when they canceled my flight and I was like, shit, you know, am I not going to be able to make it out? 
but I decided not to give up. And so I just went again and booked the flight to Mexico. And yeah, so I, I essentially gave away most of my belongings here in Iceland. I just took all of my books. I gave them out to friends, actually raised a little bit of money for charity with that. Um, all of my clothes, essentially, I either gave to my siblings or to the Red Cross and a lot of things that I just yeah gave away. And, and yeah, I just packed a backpack, a little school, school bag, and of course, said my goodbyes here and and yeah, essentially packed and went ahead on this adventure with a one-way ticket to Mexico. And just to give you a little frame of reference, <laughs> I had literally no plans at all going there. I think I'd booked maybe the first one or two nights in Mexico City just to have a place to land when I'd make it over there. But from there on, I had zero plans. And my traveling strategy uh, <laughs> is very minimalistic in many ways, uh, in in how I just don't really plan much when I go out and I don't do a lot of research on the place that I'm going just so that I can have an authentic experience when I go there and a, and a true feeling of adventure. <laughs> People can probably, you know, have their own opinions uh, on the best ways to approach traveling and, and all of this. But at least for me, it's been very beautiful to just dive into the unknown like that and allow whatever wants to come through in my travels to come through without being restricted uh, by previous ideas or pre-planned ideas of what the travel is supposed to be like or what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, I just landed there in Mexico City and I was like, wait, you know, when I got there, I was like, holy Lord, I'm actually here. It was possible. I'm just standing in Mexico now. You know, it only took me two days. I think I, I went through Germany when I had to make it out there from Iceland. And yeah, it was super surreal, you know, being actually there in Mexico in the middle of all of this COVID. And I was like, wait, I just actually made it. And traveling the whole journey was effortless. You know, of course, I had to, uh, I think I had to do like a test to be able to transit, transit through Germany. But to get into Mexico, you didn't need anything. So it was super easy making it out there. And I just found myself there in Mexico like, all right. What am I going to do now? <laughs> and super, it, it, it didn't take a lot, lot of time for me to feel that I didn't want to stay long in Mexico City because that was where I initially landed. So I only stayed there, I think, two nights or something. And then I just booked a flight immediately out to the beach uh, in the state of Nayarit in Mexico that's on the West Coast. And so, yeah, I just hopped on a flight and I made my way over there and I got to this small town called Sayulita. And it was a friend of mine that had told me that he had friends there and knew of the place and something. So I just went, went with it. I just booked the flight, went and let's see what happens. And I got there and it was super wild. You know, I, I made it there and all of a sudden I was walking around in this beautifully colorful town, you know, with music on every corner, 
every wall painted with these amazing uh, murals and artwork and everyone was having a good time and walking around and I saw no one was wearing a mask as well and I was like wait you know what's going on you know I'd been staying here in Iceland throughout the whole pandemic and so I was yeah not really sure how to approach uh, being in a different place there but very quickly I just uh, adjusted to that lifestyle and yeah I actually ended up staying in that area for two months not in that specific town I only stayed a couple of nights there but then I moved to a town just 10 minutes away from there called San Pancho and I made a podcast or two at some point when I was there so some of you guys if you've been following me on Instagram or something might have seen some of the photos or videos or something I posted from there it's a beautiful town it's like a it's a surf town there on the west coast of Mexico so the sunsets are incredible the sun sets just straight into the ocean and I got there yeah in the beginning of April and stayed for two months and that was an incredible experience I made a lot of friends there I studied hard with my Spanish every single day I just made it my mission I'm gonna learn Spanish and I'm not gonna fuck around with this I'm just gonna go ahead and learn it so every day I was going in reading short stories talking to everyone that I could listening to people on the streets and that was a super profound experience I can actually get into that maybe a tiny bit later learning a new language but yeah, I got there and made loads of friends and I got myself a skateboard and a guitar to start with and I was just cruising through, playing on the beach, swimming, having a beautiful time and actually got uh, quite involved with some ceremony work there as well. I met a friend, a deep brother uh, that was facilitating ceremonies with Bufo Alvarius, the sacred toad from the Sonoran Desert in Mexico, uh, which is uh, the compound in that medicine is called 5-MeO-DMT, uh, or yeah, 5-methyl oxide or something like that, dimethyltryptamine. And so it's essentially a, a venom from this toad that has been used in sacred rituals by both uh, Mexican people and native North American peoples you know, the toad is both in Mexico and in, I think, the southwest of the United States. And so you extract this venom and then you smoke that and it, it induces a incredibly profound samadhi experience. That's one way to look at it, at least. Or an experience of union with all of life and a, and a surrender and a death of your ego that is your identity of self. And that experience is essentially in many ways like dying. So, yeah, I started working with that medicine a, a little bit there with him and got involved with this beautiful community there that was facilitating plant medicine ceremonies of all sorts, doing both bufo, the one I just described, uh, peyote, which is a cactus that grows in that area as well, they were facilitating mushroom ceremonies and also doing uh, Mexican sweat lodges, temascals is what they're called, which are incredibly profound. 
And so, yeah, I got uh, involved with a lot of that work, which was incredibly profound, both uh, just participating in the ceremonies, but also I ended up um, holding the musical space there for a few of the ceremonies where I was playing uh, both songs on the guitar, singing and uh, playing drum, playing rattle, all of this beautiful uh, musical stuff that goes with ceremony. And so, yeah, that was a really profound period in my life, being there and really, yeah, getting to know the Mexican culture, diving deep into the language, starting to understand the roots of that land. You know, Mexico is also so huge that there's so many different tribes that have lived there and so many different cultures. And, you know, the more up north you go, the more influenced it becomes by the States. But as you make your way down south, which is what I then did after staying in that beach town, I started traveling south, you start to uh, see more and more native cultures and yeah, descendants of Mayans and yeah, more native people. So, yeah, that was a profound time. And just to reflect a little bit also on the, uh, on the journey of learning Spanish, it was so amazing to see that I could put my mind to learning a new language like that. And before traveling, I had already started kind of dipping my toes in the waters a little bit with learning Spanish. But I really took a firm grip uh, on it as I made it out there. And within three months, I was essentially speaking Spanish without a problem. And that was so amazing to experience. It, it showed me, yeah, yeah, what I was going to say. <laughs> it, it showed me that when I took a firm grip on it and put my mind to it, that I could just go ahead and make those new pathways in my mind and associate those new sounds and words with the concepts and the feelings of that language and yeah it really gives you a new perspective on things you know I already I speak Icelandic and English and you know I studied a bit of Danish and German in school even though I speak neither, neither of those languages uh, but to be able to learn Spanish and then to communicate with the local people and hear their perspectives on things and see how that language really has a different vibration to it than uh, all other languages, you know, just in the fact that all languages are unique and you can't really directly translate the energy that the language holds, even though that you can translate the meaning into different languages. Um, when you know the language, you start to experience it in a new and profound way. And so, yeah, that also gave me a lot of confidence in traveling there, being able to communicate what I needed everywhere that I went and to be able to connect with people that I never would have been able to connect with weren't it for the fact that I spoke the language. And so, yeah, from there on, I started moving down south. I made my way to Oaxaca in Mexico, which is... Uh, yeah, I, I flew down to Oaxaca City, and that's like, uh, it's a colonial city. You can see a lot of the 
I think so, at least. I think that's how you'd classify it. I'm not really sure what that means, even. Or you, know, I think that means that the colonizers had a huge impact in the building and the structuring of the city, the Spanish colonizers. You can see a lot of those influences there, but also you see a big uh, influence of the Mayan culture. And it's incredibly interesting to see that fusion that happens of those two cultures. Of course, the Spanish, they came there and quite aggressively and forcefully brought Christianity and their beliefs and traditions onto the people there. And really, you know, and sadly, a lot of the Mayan traditions were not respected and some of them wiped out by those Spanish people. But luckily, a lot of it remained, you know, it's such a big country that you couldn't really eliminate all of it. And yeah, seeing the fusion between those two cultures coming together now, a few hundred years after the Spanish came, and seeing how they've merged into this sort of Frankenstein uh, culture. And yeah, it was super interesting to see that and be immersed in that. Me, of course, I'm coming from a whole different culture myself, you know, reflecting also on the fact that I made this journey across the sea, you know, on an airplane that only a hundred years ago, no one really would have ever been able to make except for people that committed to these grand voyages on boats, you know, with no internet uh, and maybe just were able to send a card every now and then back home that took months to deliver. So I was reflecting on that a lot, just how amazingly beautiful it was to have that opportunity to travel like that and to be able to still be connected and communicate with the people back home and my friends all over the world. And yeah, being there, I had a lot of incredible experiences. I wasn't, I was in Oaxaca city only for a few days, but I was in that state for a few weeks. It's a, it's a big state. So in the city, I had this incredible experience. I met like a local guy. It was my first day there. I just went out in like this main square in front of one of the churches. And I started playing my harmonica, just really, you know, meditating there and playing this music. And this brother, he comes up to me. Uh, I think he is around 60 years old or something like that. This very native looking guy with this dark... Uh, skin and he's got his two braids of black hair and he comes up and he starts showing me this art that he's creating and he's a painter and an artist and so he's showing me what he's creating and yeah just uh, I think his initial intention was maybe to sell some of it to me but we started speaking together and he only spoke Spanish and we start talking and I tell him that I'm an artist as well. And I pull up my phone and I start showing him some of the stuff that I'm creating. And we really start going deep on talking about art. And that leads us to speaking of philosophy and that somehow leads into spirituality and, and just life in general. And, and that then leads us to talking about plant medicine and, and their connection also to the culture of Mexico because there's a big tradition all over Mexico of of using those sacred medicines and so we somehow got talking 
about that and because I could see also a lot of his art was in some ways influenced by the transcendental realms and the mysterious beauty that exists within the psychedelic realms. And so we started talking about that and he tells me that he's deep in the medicine, that he's a practitioner of peyote and and also mushrooms and chanka, which is a DMT herbal mixture that you vaporize and smoke. And so, yeah, it was so amazing because we were just speaking Spanish, nothing else. And I was like, wow, starting to be quite impressed by myself and my Spanish speaking ability in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we started talking and he's like, should we do a ceremony together at some point? And I'm like, I'm not really sure how long I'm going to be here in the city. I'm just traveling, but I really would want to drop in with you and make a ceremony. And I just simply asked him, what are you doing today? <laughs> and so he's like, to be honest, man, I don't have a plan today. I, I'm just free flowing. And so I, I'm like, should we just make it happen? <laughs> and he's like, all right, man, let's just go over to my place. We'll get prepared and then we'll hike up this mountain here and we'll make a ceremony. And I'm like, beautiful, man, that sounds amazing. And so I go with this brother uh, and we just are talking, you know, he's full native blood, you know, born and raised there in Mexico. And, you know, I'm Icelandic, you know, with my white skin, with my red hair. He's there, you know, we're looking funny together, both of us kind of tall and we're walking, both of us wearing also some colorful clothing. And yeah, we walk up to his place. He's got a little spot there and he's growing all sorts of plants. He had both hemp and also marijuana flower and some cacti. And he was drying the hemp leaves. And I, I don't know if he was making a tea or if he was making a tincture or what he was doing. But he also had his painting station and a, a load of art and different things up there. And so we get in there and we're just talking and he's packing everything, you know, he's putting the copal and the different herbs and the plants in his bag. And he's, yeah, getting cloths and getting his clothing, the ceremonial and ritual clothing and bringing water and all of this different stuff that goes with the ceremony. And I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, talking with him, being present in that moment, practicing mindfulness and gratitude. And yeah, we packed up. I think we possibly lit up a churro. <laughs> For those of you that know, you know. And then we started walking and we hiked up this mountain there overlooking the city. And he knew a spot. So we hiked up the mountain and there was like a forest there. So we got in the forest and we found like a spot amidst the trees that had some empty space on the ground. So we, you know, laid the blanket and we started a fire and we burnt some incense, burnt some copal, set our intentions and made some prayers. And initially we just started chanting, you know, we had the drum and we had the rattles and everything. Uh, if any of you guys watched that little Instagram video I made on uh, like a little recap of 2021, he's the guy 
in that video that's kind of drumming and chanting there. And so, yeah, it was the two of us up there in the mountain. And then we took some peyote, actually, which is that cactus. We just had some powder and we ate it and just kept on uh, chanting after that, singing medicine songs. He was sharing a lot of songs. I was sharing some songs. And it was very mild what I was feeling off of that, actually. I felt like a slight expansion and a deepening of my awareness and connection to the planet, but it was mild. Uh, But then we decided to smoke some chanka, and that's a super beautiful medicine that, yeah, you smoke and it's a DMT herbal mixture, and that was incredibly profound. You know, I won't go in depth describing exactly how that experience is you know i could do that maybe in a later episode or something where i dive deeper in that but yeah i had this incredible uh realization and connection to actually the social uh, structure of humanity and the psychic field connecting all of us and i saw it almost like these pathways of electricity or kind of like an electrical grid, but it also looked like a city with all of its highways, like these grids running and sharing information with each other. But it was the psychic field uh, and the mental field of all of humanity. And I could see how, you know, all of our thoughts are actually feeding back into one another and we're sending them back and forth to each other, creating, you know, the collective consciousness and the societal uh, norms or beliefs that we're all holding collectively and yeah it was super beautiful tuning in and seeing that in that experience and yeah yeah so (laughs) i i wasn't planning to go deep into that uh experience but yeah long story short i had an incredible uh experience with that brother there on the mountain in oaxaca city And as I went on with my journeys, I made my way to the beach there in Oaxaca, to a place called Masunte, and stayed there a couple of weeks. I was swimming in the ocean and having a good time there, connecting in some ecstatic dances and playing music and all sorts of good stuff. But I was also feeling a little bit strange at that point in my travels, I was feeling a bit ungrounded. I wasn't really sure what I was trying to do with all of this and and what I was aiming for with this whole journey. You know, did I want to settle down somewhere or did I want to continue moving? Or, you know, I was also considering at a point there after, yeah, I made it to the mountains after that. I went to the mountains and the rainy season was starting. So it was starting to rain and my computer broke. And I was kind of there, you know, in all of this. And I was really thinking, you know, what in the hell am I even doing out here? You know, I'm alone in the mountains in Mexico. I don't know a single person here. My computer is broke. Uh, And I was considering going home at that point. You know, I I never went as far as to really, you know, uh, deeply 
you know what I'm trying to say. I wasn't, I wasn't really planning to go home at any point there, but that idea was starting to come to me. Like, what are you even doing out here, man? Like, what do you think you're doing? Maybe you should just go home. And you know, as I reflect on that, it was essentially just me stepping so far out of my comfort zone that I was trying to look back on something familiar and something comfortable to to soothe me in those times but I'm very grateful to myself that I kept on going and I didn't allow that to stop me from continuing on with that journey and yeah it took a lot of power you know it was during that journey you know I forgot to mention it just right when I came first to Mexico I also had a similar experience when I got there and I was like shit you know am I going to be away from home for who knows how many months or how many years or what. And it was, you know, it came up quite a few times during the travels, just moments of deep, deep uh, reflection and, you know, crying and having to really grasp. No, what do I say? Having to really come to terms with the fact that I was far out of my comfort zone and deeply immersed in the unknown. And so that was not easy at all times. But yeah, consciously putting myself into those situations really strengthened me in many ways. And I continued the journey, went even farther south in Mexico to Chiapas. There's a city called San Cristobal there. Spent a couple of weeks there. Um, Just really, you know, going around seeing what's going on I met some friends that I had made earlier on the travels that were now there it was beautiful to reconnect with them actually met a met a girl from Iceland there that was the first person I met from Iceland in during the whole travel that was really amazing connecting with someone being able to speak my language you know and and she was someone that had been traveling for years you know both in India and Asia all over Central America and who knows where. So it was great to connect with someone that had been on that path for a while and be able to reflect together on all of the different things that arise, you know, when you kind of take that road less traveled of journeying out into the unknown and out of the comfort zone, traveling the world, experiencing different cultures. And yeah, a lot of different things arise internally when you do so. But yeah, I was still feeling at that time, you know, it was like a month that I was traveling after those two months that I had stayed in the same town on the West Coast in Mexico (coughs) to begin the travel. I was really feeling ungrounded and unsure and what I was trying to accomplish with all of this, even though I was feeling a lot of joy in just the journey itself. Yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily the easiest time Uh, but I had started hearing more and more about Guatemala as I made it down south to Mexico because Guatemala uh, and Mexico are the countries next to each other there so that's the next country uh, if you continue traveling south from Mexico and I had started hearing more and more about that place and especially about the lake Lake Atitlan in Guatemala And so I just decided to say, fuck it, you know, let me 
go down there and see what happens. Even though I knew my friend was coming to Mexico in like a month or two or something, uh, I just figured he'll make it down to Guatemala if he really wants to meet me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went down to Guatemala. I took like a 12 and a half hour bus ride or like a shuttle ride down there and made it across the border. And yeah, that was a, quite a wild journey going there on these super slingy mountain roads. Um, but I made it to the lake and that's where I then ended up staying for six months actually, or, or a little bit under six months. So that, that concluded the traveling at least for a while. And I, I made it to the lake. And first time I went to this town called San Pedro there and I stayed there like a week and a half or something. But it was when I made it to San Marcos that I really found my tribe, you know, just to give you a brief uh, idea of how it is there. You know, Lake Atitlan is a lake up in an elevation of 1,500 meters uh, above sea level. That's a little bit under a mile. And the lake is a mass of water that is inside what used to be a super volcano so the lake is essentially a huge huge crater that's surrounded by then loads of other volcanoes all around it and you know no one i think it's the deepest lake in central america or possibly even in the whole american continent i won't be the one to say for sure but it's definitely at least on the top of that list, if not the deepest lake in that part of the world. And no one knows for sure, I believe, how deep it is due to the fact that the, like I said, it was a super volcano. So the cracks, who knows, might be reaching all the way down to the core of the earth. Uh, no one knows for sure how deep the lake really goes. And so it's an energetic vortex. You know, you can imagine that volcanic energy there is incredibly potent and you feel it right when you get there you know the beauty of the mountains the reflections of that blue lake the incredible sunrises and sunsets the you know guatemala is called uh, la tierra de la eterna primavera which means the land of eternal spring so it's a country where everything grows you know all sorts of plants uh, all the food you can imagine, it grows and you can pretty much grow it year round because the conditions are just perfect there. And so, yeah, the weather is so nice there. <laughs> Missing that a little bit now. I'm looking out my window here. It's snowy and cold and dark in Iceland, but it's all blessed. And so, yeah, I made it there. And in San Marcos, where I then ended up staying for uh, all of my time there in Guatemala, it's a, com it's a conscious community of very creative and kind, uh, spiritually inclined people. And it's an interesting fusion of both local uh, natives, Mayan people, uh, and then the extranjeros or the, the travelers or the foreigners that come there and either, yeah, stay there for a little bit traveling or people that have settled there there's quite a lot of people western people that have come there and stayed 
And yeah, you know, it's all centered around um, creativity, about spiritual practices such as yoga, breath work, uh, chanting and singing, ceremony work. They uh, work with ayahuasca there. They work with mushroom medicine. You know, essentially every medicine you can think of is there at the lake. There's a lot of music. People are playing ecstatic dances. You know, the dopest DJs in the world come through playing super sick uh, ecstatic dances. There's festivals. There's a lot of cacao. Uh, you know, people are into astrology. People are into mindfulness. People are into expanding their consciousness. And so, yeah, that's essentially what people are about their health you know there's a lot of beautiful options at least comparatively to the western world of healthy options for eating and people are conscious when it comes to what they consume and what they put into their body and it's in a way like one way that i saw it there or a, a, an idea that came to me is like it's a conference of incredibly creative souls from all over the cosmos essentially <laughs> if you start looking beyond the material plane that is but even on the material plane you know it's high vibrational beings that are super powerful you know a lot of people have their own businesses or are living off of their art or their creativity and it showed me in many ways, you know, that you can really pave your own way in this game, you know, in the earthly domain. And it gave me a lot of inspiration being surrounded by those beings, you know, like everyone is in great shape. Everyone is fit. Everyone is joyful, happy, deeply wise. Uh, and, you know, I'm generalizing, of course, in a, in a way, but still uh, relatively to what we're used to maybe out here in the western world it was so powerful to see you know that everyone was just on that wavelength of growing themselves and expanding and surrendering deeper into love and letting go of beliefs or programs that do not serve them in their lives and everyone authentically on their own pursuit of truth and love and so that was so powerful for me to be surrounded by that because that was something I'd been looking for in a way for a long time you know I'd been I've been on that path for some years now of spirituality and consciousness and everything that goes with that but I'd never been in a container like that where I felt so deeply supported and encouraged on the path by all of those individuals that also were on the path and yeah you know the amount of experiences that happened there i would need to go and do a whole series of podcasts if i were to go into all of that you know it was six months of such wild adventure you know meeting the craziest people you know in a good way seeing you know all of these different ways to view the world and all of these different ways to show up in the world and it really gave me perspective on how much choice we have in all of this because 
people, you know, uh, we get a, a, what am I trying to say? By, by culture and by societal norms, we get in many ways uh, programmed to believe that there's only a certain way that we can approach this experience of existing as human beings on planet Earth. And, you know, the most common one, of course, being, you know, you have to go to school and get into the academic system and train your mind to think in very rational ways. And a lot of it dulls down than our creative capacity. And then, you know, we do even more school and even more school. And then, you know, you get a job so that you can be a functioning member of society and work there. You know, we all know this classic tale of the Western individual that then works that job until they finally re finally retire and and you know then after that they die and that model of the world or that approach to existing never resonated very truly within me and my being because I'm very creatively inclined and and have been blessed to uh, meet teachers along the way and uh, see things that have kind of snapped me out of that perspective to see that there's also many other approaches that we could take and that goes for us collectively and individually as well you know and yeah what I was driving towards was just the fact that seeing all of that there so immediate in my experience really you know, reassured me of the thing that I already knew deep in my heart, which was that I can create whatever life that I wish to and that I choose to. And yeah, during my time there, you know, I deepened a lot into my practice with uh, medicine. I made a lot of ceremonies there, both with uh, psilocybin mushrooms. I actually facilitated uh, or co-facilitated two ceremonies, uh, two group ceremonies with beautiful friends of mine there where we held a, a healing space with music and meditation, cacao and psilocybin mushrooms and deep prayer together. That was incredibly beautiful to uh, step into the role as a facilitator and a space holder in that field of medicine. And yeah, I, I also worked with LSD there. I made some incredibly beautiful ceremonies with some friends uh, on LSD that deepened my connection to love and to consciousness and just to life in general. I had a profound experience. I don't know if I maybe said it on a podcast at some point or if I shared anything about it, but I had this ex incredible experience on LSD of feeling pure, infinite, loving awareness come over me and my two friends that were in that space. And we all had that uh, experience simultaneously where it was like a healing energy that just came through the space and came into our bodies. And it was just aligning everything perfectly, you know, like taking care of all both mental uh, resistances or problems that you might have had 
and also in the body like my body was kind of moving and I was almost dancing with it because I felt this energy just like shifting my shoulders back or moving my uh, hips like this or all of these different things that came through and I was just like crying crying while it was happening but oscillating between crying and laughing it was just like this emotional release where I didn't even know if I was crying or laughing and my friend was having the same experience and we were there just like we were listening to Ram Das. Uh, I recommend that for all of you uh, if you haven't already dominated in with Ram Das. Uh, we were listening to Ram Das and East Forest. East Forest is a beautiful musician that went and met Ram Das, who's a spiritual teacher that uh, actually passed away a- about two years ago now. But he went right before his passing and recorded him speaking and then made music to that where he put his words on a soundtrack which is called just I think Ram Das or something like that the album on Spotify and we were listening to this song called Loving Awareness where he comes through and he is sharing this mantra which is simply I am loving awareness and he's sharing that along with you know this harmonium that's playing and Krishna Das is there singing some beautiful uh vocals that he shared on there and that song came through and we were crying and laughing there and we're looking into each other's eyes and i really i very vividly remember this moment of me and my friend looking into each other's eyes and he asks me like is it just all love (laughs) and i'm like i'm telling you man it's only love (laughs) and both of us just burst into tears like It was so profound and such incredible healing that happened there. You know, just this experience of universal love. You know, I've never felt as held and as safe and as loved and supported as in that moment. And we were just really uh, enjoying that wave of love that was coming over us. It was incredibly profound. Um, So, yeah the lake really gave me a lot of things. I also worked with the medicine of DMT there. Uh, I won't get too deep into that, but that also gave me a lot of beautiful perspective and deepened my understanding of uh, more galactic, more, uh, what shall I say, etheric and interdimensional truths of existence and how our earthly experience as human beings relates to a lot of the cosmic truths that you know the saints and the sages and the yogis and the mystics have been pointing to for centuries um yeah i had some points written down here that i'm looking at uh let me see yeah one of the profound things in all of this was also an opportunity for me to really redefine who i am because i started to see you know as i met all of these new people and i was in new places and also like i said speaking a new language it was harder and harder for me to really pin down who i even was in all of this you know i i definitely had made 
an identity here in Iceland of, you know, I am Stefanelli, this, you know, musician, artist, and, you know, who knows what, health advocate and philosopher and blah, 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 and all of these concepts and ideas of who I am. And, you know, I'd already redefined myself many times also being here in Iceland. Uh, and you can see that a lot in the evolution of my music and my art and all of that. Uh, but it it went even deeper there, you know, when I started letting go of a lot of these concepts of, you know, I'm not, that's not really who I am, you know. Yeah, I'm, I create music and I share these ideas and all of these things, but that's not truly who I am, you know, because, yeah, that's something I do. But if I'm not doing that, am I then not that anymore? You know, that was the question because at times there, I, I wasn't making any music and sometimes I wasn't, uh, you know, doing any podcasts and sometimes I wasn't posting anything on social media and, you know, a lot of these different waves came over. And yeah, I really let go of a lot of these ideas that I saw that I was attached to, that in many ways I still am, of course, attached to a lot of ideas of who I am. But uh, I think, you know, it's good in in some regards to still hold on to at least a few ideas of who you are just to function in the world. But, you know, essentially, it was a connection to seeing that who I truly am is just pure consciousness. I'm just an expression of the life force that all of us are. And that life force is the same thing that, uh, you know, blows the wind through the leaves or spins the galaxy or, you know, makes waves on the ocean or, you know, essentially everything in life. And I realized, you know, I'm just an extension. I'm an expression of that life force. And I may do different things. I may have different opinions. I may view life through different perspectives at different points in my journey. Uh, but who I truly am is consciousness and is love, that eternal awareness that always resides behind and you know i also got on some more ego uh based journeys there as well starting to build different sorts of identities being there you know i was even though i didn't really see it very clearly at the time uh, i was yeah getting caught in some ways in my ego because i received a lot of love for what i was doing when I was there, you know, people deeply appreciated my music and my philosophy and my uh, spiritual knowledge. And I got a lot of great recognition and praise for that from people. And it started building within me uh, a great confidence, which was beautiful to experience, but also in some ways, uh, what shall I call it? Like a, like a strengthening of this ego that was limiting me from fully connecting to others and life. 
because in some ways I was, I think, maybe seeing myself as better than some people, you know, uh, which, of course, you know, if you go down that train, it always becomes incredibly humbling in the end <laughs> when when life gives you a slap in the face and reminds you, you know, that we're all in this together and we're all at different stages in our journey, but none of us are any better on better or worse than any others so yeah that was uh fun to go through (laughs) and yeah also something new that came up for me there uh, just to share was that I got into a relationship during my last months in Guatemala and you know I'm 21 years old and on my path I had never fully committed to a romantic relationship in the sense uh you know to call it a relationship or like a boyfriend girlfriend or you know a divine partnership or anything like that because I guess I'd always been uh, a little bit hesitant to limiting myself in that way at least that's how I saw it at the time you know I I thought that I'd be taking away a part of my freedom if I were to commit to a person in a relationship like that. And so, you know, of course, I had a lot of, (laughs) a lot. I had some romantic partners on the path and some incredibly beautiful experiences connecting to uh, different women on my journey. But now... Or there, as I was in Guatemala, I got into a relationship where I met this incredible woman. And yeah, it was super funny, actually. Like, I hadn't had almost any romance on my whole travels. You know, there was a little something here and there, uh, but nothing serious. And I was very content with that. You know, I was more just focusing on different aspects of life deepening my spiritual connection and such things but there came a moment when I felt a calling to somehow get myself into a romantic relationship with someone or at least open the doors for romance to flow into my life and I just decided that the best way to do that would be to speak it out loud I would just cast a spell uh, to manifest that into my life and so I just said to a lot of my friends that were there around me all right I'm saying it to you guys first I'm calling in a romance in my life I'm opening up I'm ready to receive and I'm saying it to all of you guys but I'm also saying it to big g-o-d that I'm ready for something like that to come into my life. And I think that was maybe like two days or something before um, a ceremony that I made, one of those that I uh, alluded to earlier, where I was facilitating mushroom ceremony space. Uh, And in that ceremony, I came in and that was one of the intentions, was to open myself up to that And so I came in there and I had an incredibly beautiful experience. You know, I could go into depth uh, on that. But essentially, yeah, 
went into that ceremony and really deepened in a incredibly amazing way my trust in the universe and that it provides for me in every way that I could imagine. And the day after the ceremony, I went out with a few of my friends. We went out, the three of us, to this restaurant by the lake and we just got up there and we were having breakfast and we went up to the second floor just overlooking the lake and as I came up there I saw this uh, beautiful being that was sitting there and she was there with a friend that I also knew and just as soon as I saw her something kind of clicked within me or you know there was something that arose within me that was like hmm I have a feeling that this might be someone that I uh, will connect with in some way or that there might be something there. I just had that knowing kind of arise. But, you know, I wasn't really giving it too much attention because I'd put the intention of calling in that romance, but also just surrendered, you know, whatever wants to come my way wants to come my way. So I wasn't in a desperate state or, you know, trying to force anything or anything like that. But yeah, so I was sitting there and I saw her and I was like, all right, you know, she was, she had her braids back. She was looking like that, that character from Avatar, that, that, the, the main girl there. And so I'm sitting there and only, uh, I think it was only a few minutes that passed or something. I see kind of calls over, where's that accent from? And she's asking me, you know, where my accent is from, got my Icelandic accent uh, talking there with my friends <laughs> and I'm like I said to her something like take a guess <laughs> and she's she's like give me one clue so I'm like I'm an island man <laughs> and she actually guessed it right away on the first guess she's like are you from Iceland and I'm like yeah and turns out that she was from New Zealand, which, interestingly, if you look at a globe, New Zealand and Iceland are exactly on the opposite points on the globe. And, like, surprisingly, they're pretty much right across from each other, as far away as you possibly could be. So if you dig a hole straight through the earth from Iceland, you'd end up finally in New Zealand or somewhere very close. But yeah, you know, not to get too deep into how that all unfolded. Um, we ended up connecting there. I kind of came over. We started chatting. Turned out she was a DJ and she was preparing for this DJ set that was going down in a few days. And she was also a retreat leader and a musician and a yogini and all of these beautiful things. I could go in depth uh, describing that. Uh, all of those beautiful aspects but yeah essentially you know we got it uh, connected there and very soon after that just decided to dive in and go into a relationship and you know I was uh, a little bit hesitant to start with just because yeah I was reluctant to wanting to call it like a relationship just due to the fact that I like I said earlier I, I somehow thought that would be limiting my freedom in a way, not knowing, uh, you know, all of the different freedoms that that brings you to come together in a, in a, 
union of that sort. And that taught me a lot as well, you know, about that divine reflection that you get from committing to a relationship with a partner like that. And it brought about a lot of different things internally, I think, within both of us. It was incredibly beautiful uh, to see that I was able to connect with someone that I was so deeply attracted to. You know, I've been... I've been wanting to, you know, a reason that I hadn't been going into relationship or romance with anyone on that journey was just because I didn't feel like I'd found someone that I was truly attracted to in in that deep, profound way. But with her, you know, I felt something that I hadn't felt to that extent before of just like, wow, you know, this being is so incredible and here I am. And she also wants to be with me. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, that was incredible, you know. And and it brought about uh, such incredible experiences of us, you know, sharing time and space together. And, you know, she held a retreat where I came through and I uh, came and we co facilitated a sound healing ceremony i guided a meditation and she was playing singing bowls and we were playing flute and the chimes and all this sort of stuff and then i led an acoustic heart opening set of my songs and you know yeah we had a lot of great experiences together playing music and dancing and um, but there was also some things that then came up later you know in because we kind of dove in maybe a a little bit too fast in some uh, regards to begin with, just because I think both of us were deeply attracted to each other and really were enjoying each other. But then, you know, we realized that you, you have to make space also for personal time and make space and time apart so that you can fully enjoy the time spent together. And I think this is something maybe a lot of people a struggle with in relationships is spending way too much time together because initially you know it feels so right you know you you love each other so much that you just want to spend every waking moment together but it, yeah if you do that for too long and spend too much time together is is not gonna i think be the most fruitful approach because you know human beings just need time on their own especially you know creatives and people like me and her that you know also thrive very much alone you know i'm i've been in many ways a lone wolf (laughs) on the path you know right I, i really enjoy being alone and spending time with myself and creating with myself and you know, I just got a little bit blinded in some ways by, you know, the beauty of that relationship where I forgot to nourish that aspect of myself. And then that led to, you know, a, a disbalance and a inharmony or disharmony in the relationship later, which, you know, blessed we were to both be aware and conscious enough to recognize those imbalances that were arising and communicate clearly with each other you know that was something that was so profound in that relationship was just having a 
clear vessel of communication where we managed to express to each other how we were feeling and and you know bring that to the table and work through a lot of it and you know then of course eventually I ended up going now back home to Iceland and we just separated on very good terms and we're still in contact and that also showed me a, a profound realization that you know relationships romantic relationships don't have to end you know in dramatic or bad ways you know you can meet allies on the path that you connect with for a specific time and then you can separate very gracefully and beautifully as well and so that was something that I was so grateful for just seeing that this you know uh, western movie cinema romantic you know idea of this deep heartbreak or all of these uh, different things that are portrayed in relationships in entertainment and all of this stuff don't necessarily need to present themselves in our personal experience of uh, relating to other human beings so yeah it was it was a wild ride guys i'm telling you this whole year has been wild and now i'm sitting here i'm in iceland i'm in my hometown i'm with my family at the moment and i'm really you know in a moment of deep uh prayer and reflection right now just due to the fact that I'm not really sure exactly what I want to choose to create in this next year and what approach I want to take to my life. And so I'm, yeah, honing in very deeply to set an intention of what it is that I want to create, you know, because it's, it's been a lot of revelations and a lot of change that happened within me during this past year. And I'm feeling now being back home, you know, that also just the, the adventure continues, you know, being back home and being back in that environment and then comparing that to everything that I've been through and seeing, you know, what's going on with the culture and the people here and, you know, what of it I appreciate and what are the aspects that I don't necessarily enjoy too much. Um, so... My point being, I am incredibly excited to see what this new year entails. And due to all of the change that happened within me, I'm in a way finding my footing just in, all right, you know, how do I want to show up in the world? And what do I really want to create? And what is the value that I can bring uh, to the people around me and to everyone, you know, all of us that are in this experience together? So... Yeah, it's a, it's a time of deep reflection and, you know, there's also a lot of things shifting in the world, a lot of different things arising to the surface. And I think it's a time of collective awakening in many ways. Do, no, a collective awakening in regards to a lot of approaches that we've been taking that maybe aren't sustainable or won't serve us in the long run if we want to continue living as a species on this planet and so i'm just seeing you know how i can contribute in the most loving and uh, impactful way or not even that you know i'm something that i've been seeing as well is that i also want to let go of that idea of 
me having to have some specific impact you know you can get caught up on this path and thinking that you need to be you know bringing everyone into awareness you know it can it's a little bit of a savior syndrome uh you know that you have to awaken everyone and that you have to help everyone and that you have to make the biggest impact on the lives of the people and i'm seeing you know that the more i let go of that idea as well uh, the freer i become and i allow myself then to feel even deeper joy and peace and love when i'm not attached to any idea of me even having to do anything you know and you know it's a duality it's a balance like everything you know because if you don't have any purpose in the world you know it is sometimes difficult to feel motivated to create anything but yeah it's a it's a fine line it's a fine balance and we're always moving back and forth finding our footing in it and and reevaluating the choices and the beliefs that we're holding and so i'm i'm in a deep I'm in a deep reevaluation in this moment. You know, it's been a lot of different things that have been arising for me since I've been back home. Not all of it's been easy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'll end this podcast, guys, just with a little prayer and a little blessing for all of us. I invite you, if you're listening, to uh, bring your awareness into the present moment bring your awareness to here and now realizing that you're not coming from anywhere and there's nowhere you have to go you're only here in this present moment they call it the present for a reason it's a gift it's a gift that all of us are here conscious and aware in this time and I want to pray that all of us find a deeper connection in our hearts to ourselves, to nature, to our family, and to our friends, to all of the human beings on the planet, all of the animals, all of the plants. Feeling gratitude for all of the blessings in our lives that we have a roof over our heads, that we have a bed to sleep in, that we have food on our plates, that we have people that care about us and support us, that we have access to all of this incredible wisdom and information through books or lectures or articles on the internet or videos. And that we've taken the time to put beautiful habits into our own lives and that we're continuously and consciously allowing ourselves to expand and to grow and to nourish ourselves on this path, not being too hard on ourselves that we have to do anything specific or that we have to be anywhere or that we have to be anything but rather feeling gratitude for all that we have right now. Ah. Connecting to the breath. 
one of the greatest allies, always with us, always readily available, no matter what thoughts are arising or what emotions are coming through, we can always tap back into our breath. Seeing that is not so serious, is not so big of a deal. is not worthy of so much worry. And with that, I show all of you gratitude for listening to this podcast, for listening to the transmission that just came through, listening to my reflections and perspective. And I want to also invite you to be grateful to yourself for having taken the time out to contemplate those perspectives and open yourself up to maybe see things in ways that you hadn't seen them before. Notice if there was anything that triggered you in what I said and then asking you what is that within you that's holding a resistance towards the idea or the thought that came up seeing that it's all internal we like sometimes to point fingers and blame things on the world or the people around us or our situation or or you know that we didn't get enough opportunity or all of these different things but at the end of the day the choice is always ours we are the ones that decide what is we are the ones that decide our internal perspective and with that I say I love you I thank you uh, I'm grateful for you if you want to support this podcast or any of the offerings that I am sharing you can do so by sharing them online or sending them to your friends and family commenting or leaving a review i also have my patreon where i share podcasts they come in there a week early and i have some um unreleased music and some live performance videos and i'm gonna start now posting more informational blog posts and maybe philosophical uh, reflections on there as well so if you want to get on there you can hop onto patreon all of this stuff is in the link on my instagram bio i have a link tree there linking to all of this so yeah guys thank you i'm saying once again don't take it so seriously approach uh, life with ease and with uh, a lightness you know, it doesn't have to always be so heavy. And once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you. This has been another episode of the Stefan Eli podcast. Peace. Peace.